welcome to the Heavy Matters podcast. Uh, welcome back. It's me, Joey, uh, back after a bit of an extended break for whatever reasons. But today we've got a pretty stacked show that we're going to try and squeeze in. We have got live reviews from Benny, uh, a live preview before I go to Tons of Rock tomorrow, and three albums we're going to check out in terms of Dodheim's Guard, Grant Sun, and Scar Symmetry. Benny, as always, lovely to see you, mate. Let me hear about your little jaunt to Glasgow. Yes, uh, it was, as as many of you will know, we didn't make it to download this year, and this was a little scant consolation for that in that a lot of the bands um, who play download, especially those coming over from the US or further afield, do tend to play a little run of shows in the UK to make it worth their while, their trip. And so I picked up a few of the bands that were playing at download, namely Coheed and Cambria, Pussyfoot. <laughs> And the band that weren't playing at Download, but I've not seen before, the Mars Holder. So let me break it down for you. So we had a very late decision to go to this. Uh, it was an album show, which I think we both have totally mixed feelings about. It was called No World Had Never Ending included a whole album playthrough of No World for Tomorrow, their fourth album, and their selected tracks off their latest album. Coheed, they're a band I love. I've loved them now for a, a few years. If you looked at my Spotify stats, they'd always be right up there in terms of most played bands. I do love that album, No World for Tomorrow. Um, I did like, probably not love, the latest album that we reviewed on the show. It definitely has some good tracks on it. And the tracks that they played from that album were some of my preferred track so it was um it was a good set list what i'd say about coheed uh, they always deliver although um it's four guys they come onto the stage there's no real production and for a band now who are well into their career they've got an established fan base and they are very creative in their the whole backstory that goes behind their albums their graphic novels for them not to put on a whiff of any stage production strikes me just as a, as a little odd and somewhat disappointing. I mean, it, it does go back to their, potentially their punky mo roots that their four guys jamming it out on stage. But I do feel like that's always something that you could ask for more with Coheed. The other thing I'd say about the show, as with all whole album shows, there's always the tracks, often at, towards the start of the album that you love, and especially with Coheed, often the second part of the album is multi-part, elongated, proggy tracks that, for me, whilst they're great tracks, they probably don't translate quite as well into the live environment. So great to see Coheed again, great to see some deeper cuts from a great album, but for me, um, probably the weakest show of the, of the of my three that I saw that week. Shame. And I, in terms of Coheed, I would have always had them down having like visuals on stage, like sort of cinematic. Sorry, I know they don't, but I would, you'd have thought they would because of their background, like you said, they're big comic book geeks and having like, you know, some cinematic screen in the background would have been perfect for a band like Coheed. Yeah, it's a really interesting one that I kind of put the question to. Coheed are a big band, they probably hit higher heights and have now plateaued somewhat at the same level. And you could say that probably for a number of bands, 
maybe a slightly different example would be someone like Lamb of God, where back in the noughties, they were really big, but now they've kind of plateaued at a level that you know they're never going to ascend beyond. They're never going to make it to download headliner and they're comfortable. Mm. They must be full-time musicians, but they probably don't earn so well that they can spend lavishly on production, on tours and everything else. So they're, they're kind of at a level which slightly, you know, they probably live comfortably as musicians, but they probably can't push things as far. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, you'd have thought they were, the, were being on, on a label that they might have had some budget for production, but I don't know, maybe like you said, they're just sticking to the music, sticking to their guns. So um, shame anyway, because I know yeah. I actually love that band. Yeah, and I still do, and um, I love the music. It was just put into very stark contrast by the show the next night. So this was Pussifer, as you all know, Tool being my one of my very favourite bands, Perfect Circle being not far behind, Maynard James Keenan I rate hugely as a vocalist, probably fair to say one of my all-time favourite vocalists. And I, and I love everything that he does, and Pussifer are no exception. They're certainly the odd child of the family and um, a very bizarre multimedia project, heavily kind of electronic and synth-based music. Um, they had a bit of a revolving cast of members, but now seem to have settled down um, into a more stable lineup with Katrina Round as a co-front person. And uh, I think his name is Matt Mills or Mike Mills as um, the main synth and guitars. So um, first time seeing them, they're one of those bands that I've, I've always, they, they tour infrequently and I've always missed them before. And tales that I've heard from a friend of the show, Johnny Hopkins, and some of their previous gigs where they performed in a wrestling ring with kind of <laughs> Marco Libre, Libradores, wrestlers and all sorts. It just sounded fantastic. So I've always really wanted to see them and they didn't disappoint. They're in an academy venue. It wasn't sold out and oddly, it wasn't really packed mm. near, the, near the front and everyone's kind of stood towards the back. So we just waltzed down towards the, the front of the crowd. And to be honest, I never have been and never will be again so close to Maynard, I doubt, given yeah. right up there. And um, look, they did not disappoint. They, again, probably operate at a similar level to Coheed in terms of budgets and everything else. But what they put so much enthusiasm into the production and everything else in the show, it was just incredible. It was kind of an alien FBI kind of theme. They had dancers. They had this kind of scaffolding rig at the back. They had big video screens where Maynard had his usual skits. They had kind of these FBI men in black chucking out someone from the crowd who was filming things on the camera. (laughs) They had choreography. It was just, it was fantastic. It was really, really good. And um, Maynard and Katrina, you know, when they lock in with those vocal harmonies, they're just, it's so soulful and incredible. And the music is really different. And and that's the, the overwhelming kind of emotion I had. It's such a different show. You see Kohi the night before, 
and for all that is worth of four guys and their instruments playing on stage, there was something really in terms of a show and an experience with that puss of a gig. It was just, it was just something else. I'm well. I'm not going to ruin too far ahead my preview of Tons of Rock, but they're playing Tons of Rock uh, this weekend, and I was talking to you about it, and you recommended me putting on an album, and I, I did put it on. And strangely enough, I actually really enjoyed it. And like I would, I would probably never go see them on their own. Sorry, if they played Dublin, I'd probably go see them, but I wouldn't travel far to see them. So I'm excited about seeing them this weekend. I would thoroughly recommend it. I, I mean. The the tracks they um they're they're real growers I would say you listen to the album in isolation and you can be a bit kind of what on earth is going on here but they're real growers once so as I say those vocal harmonies hit they're brilliant so yeah thoroughly recommend it and um, Katrina Round as well as Maynard she's just got this kind of mesmerizing stage presence and aura and um, yeah I think you'll really enjoy it really enjoy it oh, well i'll be reporting back on the next episode no doubt so eyes peeled and let me round out my week of uh trips to glasgow with the last which was the mars volta and um not bad we've discussed so much on the show it's fair to say and um probably more never got into them yeah so obviously an offshoot of at the drive-in um who were around in the early noughties and hugely successful with relationship at the command, they kind of imploded and Cedric and Omar splintered off to form the Mars Volta. The rest of the band, predominantly led by Jim Ward, then went on to form Sparta and they kind of had this parallel career trajectory. The Mars Volta really kind of indulges Cedric and Omar's really spacey psychedelic jazz infused progressive really quite unique music they're, they're from the deep south of the us el paso in texas and have definitely got some latin american kind of influences as well and particularly on the last album it was a bit of a departure from the spacey psychedelia to a bit more straightforward and much more latin infused and they're one of these fairly cult bands that were around, have not been around for a while and um, are now back. So I was really thrilled to um, to see them. And how was it? So they were playing in the Barrowland Ballroom, which of the, of the venues is probably the best one to see them in. Great sound. Again, they were support. So Cedric and Omar are the permanent members of the band. They've again had a bit of a revolving door of members. But what they've done is they've essentially gone out and recruited some of the most talented musicians to support them. In particular, the, the drummer was just phenomenal. And um, bassist who also played some brass and keys. And they had kind of a bongo drummer as well to the side. They were just these young, incredible musicians. It's fair to say Cedric and Omar are getting on a little bit. Omar still looks great. Um, Cedric maybe slightly less so. Um, <laughs> they've still got great energy, but I think their real strength was having these real powerhouse young musicians to support them and back them up in terms of this really complex music. They played um, 
a really crowd-friendly set, I would say. And, and looking at Setlist FM, they seem to play a pretty similar set night on night. And that slightly disappointed me in the lead-up, thinking, why is, again, this really experimental band like the Mars Volta playing just the same tracks night after night? But such is the length and complexity and the, the fact that they go into free-form jazz improvisation I think having a structure of the same set means they can improvise in other ways, if that makes sense. It's not just like I Maiden or ACDC just playing the same songs like the Trooper at night on night. This was a little, it felt a little different. And um, fantastic again, and uh, really different. And they played, yeah, as I say, a real career retrospective, but leaned heavily on their first album which was um you know their what old older fans would really go to um delaus in the crematorium so playing real really focus on that album a bit off um Francis and Mute and a couple of tracks off the latest album. And for me, it was a perfect set list. And yeah, really impressive to see them. And um, yeah, fantastic band. And I, I can really see them doing a little bit more. And hopefully, I think Art Tangent would kill to have them as a, as mm. a headliner. You lucky, lucky boy, you, Benny. Um, talking lucky boys, I'll quickly touch on my trip. I'm off to Oslo tomorrow. The festival starts today, in which Guns N' Roses are headlining tonight, um, but the flights don't go from Dublin on a Wednesday. So I'm flying out tomorrow. Um, I'm just going to pick out a couple of very quick highlights. Um, Behemoth playing tomorrow, Clutch, Soulfly, Mayhem, who are clashing with Nightwish, which is probably my only clash of the weekend. So I'll probably go see Mayhem on home soil, you know. Um, I just want to touch on Friday, this running. Um which is quite frankly incredible. Napalm Death, into Architects, into Pantera, into Gorgira, into Ghost. Good night. That is an unbelievable running, and I'm so excited about that to see. Um, I mean, the band of the weekend I'm waiting to see is Pantera, without a doubt. It'll be really interesting to hear your report on that. I mean, not without its controversy, but... Of um, course. Those songs will be undeniable in that live setting, and um, they've got the right man to play guitar, I think, for them. So I can't wait to hear your review on that. I'm I'm going to be like a little child. Like Pantera was one of my big bands when I was growing up. Cowboys from Hell, I remember buying it on CD when it first came out, and they've just been a staple of my heavy metal musical journey. So really looking forward to seeing what they play as well. And if they can't bring any deep cuts out from maybe reinventing the steel or something like that. Yeah, that'd be lovely. And I mean, it'd be great. I mean, that that Friday just sounds incredible. And yeah. um, it, it will Ghost be closing out then? They're closing out on the Friday night, so that would be... That'd be great. And it'd be real, really interesting to see. I mean, they they have headline festivals. They've had yeah. like, stock in the UK. And they are touted as the next one of the next headliners after Bring Me Horizon to headline download. So be they are getting to that level, and I think you know it'd be interesting to hear a report of how they um, how they handle that burden of closing out after that really strong running. Yeah, it may be a bit of a blur 
but I'll try my best to remember. <laughs> anyway, um, right. So let's crack on, shall we, with the uh, albums we're going to talk about. The first one we're going to talk about is uh, by a band called Dodheim's Guard. The album's called Black Medium Current. It's out now. This is their sixth album. I fell in love with Dodheim's Guard on their album Six 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 International, which saw them switch from black metal to this more avant-garde sound we have now. Benny, I'm going to say off the bat, this is Dodheim's Guard in a nutshell for me. This is what I love about this band. Did you hear, have you heard any of them before or is this your first entry point? A frequent purveyor of um, Six 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 International, so mm. I listened to them on that, but not, um, I didn't go deep in. Um, this was my first big exposure to the band. And what were your thoughts? I mean, like, okay, let, as I always say on it, I love listening to albums and predicting how you're going to react to them. This is, and I think we touched on this before, this is a perfect bedtime listen album for Venny, which for me says it's a good album for Venny. Is that a fair statement? You've hit the nail right on the head there. It's, um, I've been listening to, it's been between this and Liturgy album from bedtime. And this, Tom Hammers Guard, you might be put off if you heard they were a black metal band. I think there is so much more going on than just pure black metal on this. I think the main residual kind of trait of black metal is really the vocals. I don't know how much to what extent you you agree. Harsh, grunting, guttural vocal, which appears over quite epic soundscapes in this album and really jangling, clean keys and soaring quite major key uplifting parts it does go into that more kind of gothy late 80s synthy vocal and parts that deeper croon um but yeah for me i've always been a little bit hesitant around exploring the band because i just felt they were going to be a black metal band but there was so much more going on on this album so much more they just quickly touched on the opening track et smelter that is like dodheim's guard in a nutshell that song um I, and i really love the end it's got like a war, jeff wayne war of the world style ending with the real screeching guitars on it um in the stellar nexus another track incorporates like some drum and bass style vibes but the one that stuck out for me is it, it does not follow and that's why i love this band They've got this like porno style bass line, you know, like on porno, not that I know of, but on porno film, like, <laughs> like backing porno. I've never heard it. <laughs> but it really reminds me of that. And this album's just, it's really weird because this is an album which is really heavy in places, but at other times, as an overall package, this album is really nice album just to throw on and chill out to in a weird way. Yes. And as I say, the vocals, if you heard those in isolation, you might wonder what we're talking about. But musically, it's such a broad canvas and it's so, I mean, it's post in a lot of ways, but it's so broad and epic. And there's a lot of clean instrumentation, in particular the keys and the canvas they paint is so cinematic and grand and expansive. And yeah, it, the vocals, you know, they still will put a good number of people off. I do, I do feel that. I do feel if you persevere later on in the album, the vocal styles do change somewhat into that. As I say, that more, 
that cleaner gothicy late 80s style but um yeah it's um such a broad musical canvas and i think they've it's a fantastic album and it's worth saying it came out a little while ago but we are both really keen that we covered it on the show absolutely do you think the album drags on a bit mate um i've usually am falling asleep by about half <laughs> by track two <laughs> so um it is a long album it is a long album um but i do think it there's so much going on that it justifies its length for me yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack, and I th- if you give it the time of day to properly sit and listen to it, there's a lot to appreciate. And like you said, the keys is a very key-driven album that surrounds this a lot. A lot drives on the back of that. Um, but yeah, if you give it the time, you you'll get a lot out of this. And I I just love this band anyway. There's no surprise that I put this on. So I'm delighted that you've uh, fallen by the wayside and accepted it with open arms. <laughs> I mean, this is very much my kind of, um, this is very much my kind of album. And when you bring that metal, this is the type that you know I will like. The, the, it did remind me a bit of the Ruins of Beverast album in that mm. not too much sonically in that the Ruins of Beverast really conjures kind of atmospheres of a dank, damp dungeon whereas this is more ethereal and spacey and in the stratosphere but there were just certain musical elements that struck a struck a chord with me between the two and i and i loved both and i think it's the way that both bands are trying to push the boundaries um of the genre in all different directions Mm. um yeah dodheim's guard check it out black medium current if you put a rating on it mate if I if we were rating it, I was going eight point two. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm going uh, eight point one on this. Um, it doesn't reach quite the heights of six 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 international, but again, that's the album I fell in love with from the start. So it's a bit hard for me to go above that. Um, okay, so our next album then. I actually just realised this is a bit of a Scandinavian show. Um, this is another band from Norway, and uh, the band is called Grant the Sun. The album's called Voyage. And this is their full-length debut sent to us by the lovely folk of Biopropaganda. And this is very much a prog album, 39 minutes. Prog, slight bit of gent in there. If I think, Venny, when we got this, the blurb was for fans of animals as leaders. Yes. Agree? No. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where they're coming from. I can, I can. For me... um, this album sits in that proggy, doomy, sludgy kind of um, mould. It's the kind of they're the kind of band that would fit well in both Art Tangent but also Desert Fest. Um, mm. It reminds me really of a great little clutch of predominantly UK bands like Elephant Tree, Ohms, Gargantua, and, and to a lesser degree, Bosqueloid. They have that doominess but they're also they've got that head bobbing and riff you know really catchy riffs that really drive mm. along the other thing that the the other i mean this is really just a list of bands that I, th- I think they sound like but um there's also that kind of sludgy guitar tone not really mastodon-esque but more for me intranaut or even a band we covered ages ago called hyborian 
And the last, the last parallels I wanted to draw is is the brightness that shines through some of that sludge, and the vocals are quite soaring at times. They remind me of um, the vocals from bands like Elder and Paul Bearer, and um, yeah. So for me, this band sit in a really nice pocket, evoke nice. Um, highlights of other bands that I've really enjoyed in similar genres and I think in 39 minutes it really feels like longer because they cover so much ground in there. Mm. I'm led to believe this is the first album they've done with vocals so previously okay. they, they were an instrumental band so uh, I agree with you on the vocals they are a shining light and they use sparsely I like the use I'm, I'm a big sucker for samples on uh on albums anyway they use some nice samples later on in the album spoken word um it is very much a, a heavily instrumental album though the vocals are there as a sort of supplement i think rather but they don't take anything away from the album that's for sure i think the album we were talking about an album the other day mate and you said you were, weren't sure why they opened with that track and i feel mm. the same on this album uh, i'm not sure why they opened with the opening track it's a bit of a body along one and I think when they get to the second track which is absolutely brilliant by the way do you really appreciate where this album's going and I agree with your statements um with the sludgy but there is a nice bit of prog showing in here and even to an extent there are some gently bits they have some absolutely crunching riffs in there as well um the, the song off the album for me is sea devil which has those absolute crunching riffs in there as an all-round package, this is great. And I think you said it shines through. The album artwork as well really complements it. I just think this is a really good, really, really good album for a debut. Yeah, me too. Really nice in the summer as well. And mm. uh, yeah, like I say, if you think Doom Sludge, you might think it's downbeat, but like bands like Boss Keloy, those really catchy riffs just to allow you just to drift along with it and um, bob, bob your head, tap your feet, whatever you like to say. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, solid album in the yeah. and And coming out of Norway, where they're usually on the more black metal side of things, this is a really good album that's come out of Norway um like if I was giving this a rating I this would sit around 7.6 for me yeah I was re really similar 7.5 yeah um so Grant the Sun Voyage uh which is out now check that out for sure uh and finally to round off this whistle top whistle stop tour uh, of of catch up, we're going to a band called Scar Symmetry, and the album's called The Singularity Phase Two Zenotaph. It's out now on Nuclear Blast. Now I brought this one to the table, Benny, because I absolutely loved their last album, which was The Singularity Phase One, Neo Humanity. This is part of a trilogy of albums focusing around uh, human transhumanism. Yeah, so this is the second part of it. I absolutely loved the art of the last album. Did not stop playing it for ages. I put it on the other day randomly. I still love it as much. So, have you ever listened to Scar Symmetry? No. And it's fair, I mean, having covered a few bands very much towards my end of the wheelhouse, this wouldn't be there. Um, 
So, but I, I was interested. I definitely heard of the name and wasn't really sure what we were going to get into. I saw the alien on the front cover, so I had an inkling. Hypocrisy. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, well, they'd probably be described as sort of mellow death. I think if you were if you were pigeonholing a mate, which you know we don't really like to do, but we hate to do that. But yeah. But, <laughs> We do it nonetheless every week. We do it nonetheless. Um, were you surprised how heavy this album was? Because the opening track is right off the bat. Yes, it's it's um, Melodeth. I think you've you've got that spot on. Um, they, I, I mean, I think it pace wise, it's really good. It's a really nice rollicking pace that sets you sets you going. I, for me, my main issue, and I think you'll anticipate this, falls in the vocals. <laughs> you were just you were just singing the praises and Grant the Sun of the vocals. What is it? The heavy or the cleans that? The cleans. I'm not too. It's a little. It's a little trill and operatic and classic rock for me. Um, I mean, they have the the kind of murkier vocals as well that go alongside it, and I do, and I do like that contrast. But for me, um, yeah, it's a it's a little too much. It's interesting because in the, on this album compared to the last one, I think they've actually lowered them in the mix, the clean vocals, and they're not as prevalent. The previous album was proper, like you know, yin and uh, yin and yang, sort of the right word, but you know, bouncing off one heavy and one clean. And this one, they sort of brought it down. The heavy vocals on this album are really, really in the mix, right in your face, driving at you. Um, what do you think of the the songs songs themselves, Vanny? The songwriting? Good. I mean, it is really good. I think this is where I'd probably check out in that I would say they're clearly very good at what they do. I think they write catchy songs, and I, I think the song structure and everything else is there. Um, it's just not quite my cup of tea in terms of genre but you okay i'm going to sort of throw one another band at you which you're going to laugh at but like at the gates sort of in flames in that sort of wheelhouse yeah although i would say it's more towards some of the other bands in the melodeth scene that i think i like less and you like more okay um, I'm trying. I you might need to jog my memory on the names of some of those. Um, no, no. Who who else were in there? The Gothenburg crew. That um, the haunted. No, uh, I've gone completely blank of bands in the mellow death scene. You it the in flames. Oh, dark tranquility is who I'm ah, thinking. Ah, dark tranquility. Soil work, those band, those are the two bands that I think you probably like a little bit more. The only thing I would say is we covered Insomnium's album early in the year, which isn't a million miles off. That that was slightly darker, I would say. Yeah, and did really like that. And and this isn't a million miles away from that. Um, Amorphous similarly have that a similar kind of. That those classic rock elements in their sound, but um, yeah, for me this fell a little bit um, by the wayside. Shame. I, one thing I will say is that so Pier, Piers Piers Nilsson 
who's the guitarist, has also filled for Informer Sugar, who, who I think we saw them at Download, and he was filling in at that point. I will say the one thing about Scar Symmetry is that the guitars are very spangly at times. There's a lot going on in this album to process. It is an album you can sort of have in the background and it will sort of fly by. If you do listen to it, the technical capabilities of the band are very good, um, very up there. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is there's plenty of hook, hooky sections on this. So there's plenty of spots where you do find yourself banging your head. I can appreciate where you're coming from, though, mate. 58 minutes, mate. Can I canvas your opinion on that? Yeah, it's fairly lengthy, 58 minutes in this day and age. Music, for this type of music in particular, which is, whilst I agree they do a lot, I'm sure technically they're skilled musicians, but I think for me it was a bit samey for an hour. I I think a bit more focused on that, say 38 minutes of really focused, tight songwriting, I think that would appeal a little bit more in this subgenre. Yeah, fully, I can fully appreciate where you're coming from. And I think 58 minutes in this day and age of music, any sort of genre, you know, attention spans are sparse. So I appreciate that. I still really enjoyed this and I would implore you to check it out if you are a fan of Mellow Death. Plenty of their stuff on there to get stuck in. I'm giving it a 7.2, mate. All right, we're not too far off then. I was thinking oh. of a 7. So, um, okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, like, Scar Symmetry. Like a flat white, but... <laughs> Scar Symmetry, the Singularity Phase 2, Zenitaph, and we will at some point have Phase 3, which we can go through, Venny, in the next couple of years, if Heavy Matters is still going by then. We will see. It's eternal. Heavy Matters is eternal. <laughs> War is eternal. <laughs> um, okay, mate. Well, that's it for this week. Um, bit of a catch-up show, round-up show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Until the next time, we'll see you on the Heavy Matters podcast.